Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. With your team, uh, there's a kind of a debate, I feel like, out there sometimes of uh, of analytics and how much they they do matter, how much you, you put time you pour into them, and then you know there, there's another tribe of I, I really don't spend a, any time looking at that, and we're just going to do what we do. I'm going to focus on on our guys or whatever. Where how do analytics? What role do they play with your program? You know, I, I think there it's an interesting debate, right? Because a- analytics definitely affect the game, and I think. At all levels, coaches should have some awareness of them. Now, how much you use them, they impact you. Like, there's a lot of things that go into that. Like, what resources do you have? How much of your time can you put to that with analytics? And, like, I'd say where we're at, we're in between, right? Like, we're not able to use NBA analytics where it's in-depth on everything that we're doing. But at the same time, you know, it's it's not necessarily middle school where I don't have any resources. I'm the only coach out there. Like we're <laughs> Just paper and pad, man. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I, I get that. But I think there are some simple things you can do in analytics that, that can make a difference. But I also really believe it's what you emphasize and what you really care about. And so, you know, analytics only are going to help you if it's going to help drive your team in a direction or it's just going to provide awareness for you or scouting of your opponent. But I think you have to be super intentional on how you're going to use those. And I, for us, that typically means this, picking two or three things analytically that will help drive us to our goals offensively or defensively. And and so, like, what are those things? Like, uh, you know, uh, field goal efficiency, you know, like that's a pretty common one that I think most coaches understand. If you research for 30 minutes, you can understand what it is. And, and it's and it's relatable to the players. Like that's something they can take in and they can get it. There's other things that I don't think players, you know, always understand. One Another analytics that I've always liked is um, how teams perform together, you know, like what groups of players, yeah. you know, actually work well together. And, you know, in college, there's things you can buy that, that help you to do that. But we've also done that without having the resources of just going back and watching film and saying this group was – up four, up 10, and then after 10 games, we think, man, this kind of affirms what I've been seeing in practice. This group plays well together. This player actually makes these things. A lot of times what that equates to is in practice is who's winning, who's winning the three on three, who's winning the four on four, you know, and there's usually a correlation between those those types of things. But, you know, I, I think those are two that I, I like um, because I like to know who plays well together. And I think a, a Effective field goal percentage is really important for players to realize how effective they actually are. Um, you know, and there's other analytic things that we might use on on, on defense or, or or rebounding. Just sometimes, just simple like you know, rebounding can be one of the most misleading stats out there hmm. if you don't really understand how how it works. And so it's you know, just because your team Matt gets ten offensive rebounds and mine gets five, well, there's a ton of factors. You didn't just beat me by five offensive rebounds. I mean, what? What if um, what if you shot 70% from the field and I shot 40? So there's so many things. So yeah. I think 
you know, is there a simple stat that will help your, an analytic that will help your rebounding or guide you towards that? Is there a simple stat that will help you defensively? Is there a simple stat that will help you offensively? I think for most of us, you know, that aren't in the NBA or, or you know, uh, power five, I think we could we could narrow it down to two or three analytics that will really, really help us drive to success. And the key, like you said, is is choosing things that your players care about. Because mm-hmm. you look at a huddle breakdown and, it, you know, it's four pages. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we could look through it and we find so many interesting things. But our players, when we start to read off the page, will glaze over and and we lose them but we can also use because I, I love what you said i think analytics they're they're important and they're there and to ignore them i don't know if that's wise we but we have to figure out what leads to winning and then what you said with uh, efgs but then also the the groups that play well analytics can also help with role identification playing time and helping players understand a little bit more about the decisions you make yeah, no doubt. I mean, because there's there's a lot of analytics that can help a player understand whether they're doing well or not doing well. And I, I liken it to like a math teacher. Like, you know, you might be the smartest math teacher on earth and you might understand all of these analytics. But if you can't get the learner to actually use that, apply that, understand it, like what use is it? And so like I, a term that I like is applied analytics. Like what can you actually apply? Because analytics in itself is overwhelming to people. And when you think about a coach with all the jobs they've got going on, the things that it could be really, or it can be the opposite. You dive way into these analytics. You're a genius at what you're doing, but no one understands why you're using it, how you're using it. It doesn't affect players' performance. It doesn't help them to realize, you know, what their role is. Like, it, Anything analytically that you can really apply to improve your team, I would use it. I mean, I think it's really good stuff where the problem is, is really the application part of yeah. it. And, and how do I, how do I attach meaning to it, to the learner, or to my player? And do, do the a, a, uh, analytics that you're focusing on, do they actually fit your style of play? Yeah. Because if you're not focusing on things that really you're, you're not working on in practice or emphasizing in, in gameplay, I just wonder how much time might be wasted because we are talking about things that are good and the, and the, and the stats are there that for you to see, but don't necessarily uh, equate to winning. Yeah. You know, one of the things my dad used to do this, my dad was a longtime high school coach and man, he used to do his own analytics, you know, I mean, he would just sit, you know, at 65 years old, he would just sit in his recliner and watch my team play. And he just kind of made up his own stuff. But I, one he did that, I think you can find that it's really it's like, you know, points per 40 minutes is a pretty interesting one to look at your team because we play 40, high school game 32. But there's many times that he handed that to me and I realized, gosh, this player would actually be averaging this if they got that amount of clock or this player would actually be. And most of the time, for whatever reason, I don't have any science behind it, but that stat often equated to me not playing somebody enough. Wow. They were a better score than I than I thought, and they weren't getting into the rhythm in the game. But when they did get that opportunity, and I, I can think probably once or t- one or two players every single year that I might have been off on their playing time that I just gave them a little more based on that stat my dad gave me, and it you know played out pretty well. Like they, The more they got their opportunities, even the more of the rhythm they got in there, the more of the effective score they became for us. Is that something you would recommend that coaches do look back? 
being so uh, transformational like, like you are and, and valuing those relationships, you know, how do you go, how do you keep the, if you're going to shorten that rotation and, and you're going to focus on, which should be the focus, especially the, the 40 minutes that we get, the 32 minutes, focus on winning, you know, uh, during that time, how do you continue to build up guys? I mean, I guess it goes back to the original question of that we started with with building relationships but how do you keep those because i felt that the years where i played a lot of dudes um, and you got you and i have talked about that over time it, it just never ended well it really did it and i was hurting them i was hurting the best players i was hurting our team and then i've shortened it kept best players on the floor longer and it has led to more winning uh, how do you balance that though and still build those other guys up you know I love conflict and adversity just because I feel like good things come from it. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I've shared this before, but I try most days to have a courageous conversation, like one that's hard, like one that most people just don't want to have. And I feel like it's helped me as a coach. And I really feel like it's helped a lot of young people. And, you know, one way that we've been really intentional to do that, like in those meetings and, and, and discussing with players is uh, discuss it before it ever happens. You know, like I think everybody goes in the season thinking they're going to play the full game or they're going to average 10 points or they're going to go. We have the first week of our team meetings. We talk about all the things that could go wrong and what we're going to do when it goes wrong. And playing time is always one of them. And, and that's just a big team meeting. But then there's also individual meetings where I had one with a, a player who – you know, I didn't know if they were going to be, you know, a guy that was on the on the varsity, if they were going to play for our team, if they're going to be in our program, whatever. And before it ever happened, I said, listen, here's the reality. There is a high likelihood that you will never get in the game and you're going to have to be a phenomenal teammate. And I said, this is a super hard job, a really, really hard job. I don't know if I would want this job, but here's what can't happen. We cannot go into this season and four weeks in or 14 weeks in, we're having to spend a lot of time because you're unhappy. And so we've got to make a decision now, like before this, before this ever becomes a problem, we've got to figure, is it best for you to whatever, just go play JV and get up more shots? Is it best for you to maybe not even play basketball anymore? You know, it's, yeah. now listen, I'm going to, when you're on the team, you're going to have a day, an opportunity every single day to prove it. And I want to help you become a better player. And I want to see you become the best you can be. But I also need to be truthful where you stand right now. And I look, that player was like, absolutely. I want to get on that bus and stay in those hotels. And I want the gear and I wanted to, you know, they wanted all the stuff that went to be a part of a team. And we're about, you know, eight, 10 weeks in, this happens every year. And they're like, coach, you know, I, I think I need a little bit more of a shot. And, and I, and I would stop that player and I'd say, listen, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to August 17th when we had this discussion and I knew this was coming. I knew this was going to be hard on you. And, um, I'm doing the best I can for the team to make the right decisions. And I stand behind like what my decision is now. Now you have a big decision to make. Can you go back to being a phenomenal teammate? Because the bench ends where people stop adding value. And if you're going to take away any value because of lack of effort, bad attitude, the bench has to end right there. And so if I haven't had that conversation with him prior, that conversation sounds like I'm just a jerk. Yeah. But because I've had the previous one, 
listen, we've been there. I know this was coming. And when you can call it out before it ever happens, they look at you like, man, who is this guy? You already knew this was going to happen. Like, you know, and we know because we've been coaching long. We know this kind of stuff's going to happen. But for them, it, it, look, they told me, they warned me. It was fair warning. And so I think preemptive conversations, I think courageous conversations, I think constant communication, I think truth, love, and transparency in the way you're talking to young people, all of those things, I think, help in those situations. And it'll definitely help keeping those connections beyond basketball because they'll look back at those moments and as much as they hated it and it yeah. wasn't what they wanted to hear, the fact that you told them the truth, which, you know, we, I think we, we just battle this all the time, maybe within ourselves of wanting to please or to get the player excited to maybe uh, inject him with some more energy and focus to train harder if we say he can he can achieve these things. And then sometimes I feel like we're wrestling as at a high school, you know, maybe with other sports, even where you get the feeling like they're just being told the, all the good stuff. And then here I am, the lone tell, uh, the lone uh, truth teller. Uh, and any encouragement for guys that might feel like that at times? You know, I think it goes back to like just being a transformational coach. I read this the other day, but. I'm not sure what these people or young kids need right now is more friends. They need more mentors and mentors and people that care about them are going to be the truth tellers. And, you know, I start a lot of those conversations like, hey, listen, I appreciate you coming to talk about this. And you know how much I love you. But look, I got to go back to that August 17 conversation, you know, like and so you, you don't have I think a lot of the way you frame these things is really helpful. Like. Mm -hmm. If it's in love, it's in help, if it's in, right, you know, all those types of things. But inevitably, you're still going to have young people that if you don't tell them what they want to hear, they're not going to be a fan. They're going to walk away. They're going to do whatever, you know. But that's becoming, you know, a, a responsible adult. You're going to have to make tough decisions. You're going to have to hear tough things. And I honestly think it's a real injustice to go the other way with it. And, and do all that other stuff where we're just kind of building them up and then just so they, they fall flat or we're just, you know, look, I don't think you need to kill a kid's spirit, but I think you need to tell them the truth. You know, like I think you need to, to, to the opportunities like, look, if you were to be, um, you know, get in five minutes a game, I think that would be phenomenal for you. Now you're free to surpass that and play 10 minutes a game, but I'm gonna be honest right now. I see you at zero. I think it's a possibility that you could work to maybe five, but I think that'll be a real long shot, but I'm rooting for you and I'm pulling for you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I like I'm in that. your corner, but you got to tell them the truth. And I, we, I, look, I, as a college coach, my assistants, I don't think they can stand how many recruits we lose because I tell them the truth. I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I think it's just, it's got to be. They want you to hold back just a little bit. Just a <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And I, I paint the worst case scenario. I, yeah. You know, like, look, I, I'm not promising you nothing. And I, you know, I think the Lord's provided the right players for us. And, 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 and we've been faithful in the way that we've done things. And, and, uh, you know, I've always said you can't out recruit the Lord. The right people are going to be here. And, and, uh, and that's all that we want is the right people to be here. But I know from like a worldly view, like it could be really frustrating to work with me or, or, or through in the recruiting process because I just really err on the side of truth. Yeah. And, and, and trusting, like you just mentioned, trusting that God will put the right people on the bus. But then, and then by having those tough conversations too, you probably eliminate 
so many situations that would steal your joy. Like I, we can't let players steal our joy. And part of that is, is helping them know early on, like what are some things that could take joy away from what we're doing as a team or even you as a coach. And you're probably sidestepping tons of landmines with players by if they react poorly to the truth, like that's telling you something. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've told the truth on a player that I was like, I really want this player, but their reaction to the truth told me, wait a second, I really yeah. didn't want this player. You know, this would have gone bad or this would have gone poorly. And, you know, it's just, you, you can't sweep that stuff under the rug. You, we've all done this long enough to know what happens when you just keep sweeping hard conversations and all that kind of stuff under the rug. At, at some point, it just doesn't get pretty. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.